Hello, and thank you for joining us here at the Rorschach Your Reality Podcast. I'm Hannah Hassler, your host, and I am so thankful that you are here with us today. The podcast is all about sharing your own stories and tapping into the power you have to transform your reality, to change the way your day-to-day life looks and feels and is experienced simply by reevaluating the way that you choose to view your day-to-day life. So excited about our guest today. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us. Our guest today is Madeline Adamson. Uh, Madeline, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. My first ever podcast interview. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm a virtual assistant. Um, I mostly work with spiritual entrepreneurs, um, and I help like manage social media, do website design, getting into logo design. Um, and that's, I also am an office manager one day a week, but I'm almost fully transitioned into working from home, which is exciting. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting to kind of feel like you're finally getting that time freedom Mm -hmm. and the remote life. (laughs) Yes. The dream is the reality now. It's crazy. Yes. And you said that you're primarily working with spiritual based entrepreneurs. Was that a really targeted plan or was that something that just kind of happened? It just kind of happened. So I, my first client um, was a, a spiritual coach and then I started getting referrals and I love the women who work in that field. So mm-hmm. I, I did kind of fall into it, but I'm so grateful because I'm, I'm loving kind of that niche. Oh my goodness. That is, that's really cool. I feel like I, that kind of happened to me a little bit with health coaches <laughs> mm. um, and I was like oh maybe this is a sign because I need to work on my health <laughs> oh man I was yesterday I was um writing content for a client as I was eating leftover pizza for my birthday and I was like ah this is too much <laughs> that's so funny one of my clients is also a health coach and I write all her captions for her mm. and it's like oh you know work out and eat healthy and I I'm not by any means like following the old, my own kind of advice that I write in these posts all the time. I feel like such a hypocrite. So yeah, maybe it is a sign I need to work on, on my, my spiritual side and my, my health side. And right. Step, step the game up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly have access to the resources, you know, yeah, not for lack of knowing. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, One of the reasons I'm super excited about interviewing you is because I know from kind of getting to know you with the Laptop Freedom Program, um, you know, that you've just really experienced a ton of growth and change. um, And before the interview, you had kind of talked about, gosh, these last, you know, six months, you've gone through some crazy transformations. So I would love if you could maybe start by just talking a little bit about, um, whether circumstances in life are just intrinsically they're good or they're bad. Cause I know that was kind of part of your, your journey. Yeah, definitely. That was a huge shift I've had over the last six months, I guess. Um, and it's funny cause I've always really been into like what everyone calls positive thinking. Like in high school, my parents gave me the secret <laughs> and I read that and was obsessed. I also heard about this study that, like warning. I don't really 
think it's accurate anymore, but at the time I found it really interesting. It's never been replicated, but um, I heard that about this study where if you spoke kind of in positive tones and used positive words and words of affirmation as water was freezing, then the crystalline structures that formed were perfectly symmetrical. Whereas if you did the opposite and used negative tones and negative words, um, they would form really asymmetrical um, and imperfect kind of crystals. So I thought that was really interesting. And I thought, wow, this positive thinking maybe can actually have a, a, an effect in the physical world. Um, and so that, that kind of got me into it. But I think I made uh, a really big mistake in thinking that what positive thinking was, was seeing a circumstance that was bad and covering it up with a positive attitude. Mm. Um, where now I've kind of shifted into realizing that actually the, the circumstance is neutral and what I'm doing with my quote unquote positive thinking is choosing my thoughts and feelings around it so that I can take more empowered positive action. So it's, it seems like it's quite, to me, it was quite a subtle difference. And so it took me like 10 years to get to that <laughs> point where I made that realization. Um, but it's such an important one because the, the progress I've had in the last six months versus the last 10 years is crazy. It's the difference between putting like a bandaid on a bullet hole and being like, this is fine. Everything's fine. I'm not bleeding. Like it's fine. And be, and, and kind of accepting the circumstance as just a circumstance and then choosing how you're going to think about that and feel about it and act about it. So yeah, I don't think circumstances are positive or negative anymore um, or good or bad or whatever. A circumstance is just a circumstance. And then the rest of it's up to you. So I can choose a thought that's going to make me feel good or bad. And from there, there's kind of a waterfall to how I'm going to act in that circumstance, if that makes sense. Yes. And I, I definitely think that so many people, myself included, have like had, you know, kind of these experiences where you hear about positive thinking, or you kind of try to go that route, but it is like, oh, now I'm just pretending to be happy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or like always pretending everything's okay. Yeah. And like, that's so, I think there's like a term for it now. It's called toxic positivity. So it's when you're ignoring kind of your feelings or ignoring the situation and just putting a happy face on it. And I don't think that serves anyone. Oh, that, yes, that makes so much sense. And toxic positivity is such a good word for it because I think that, the more that we pretend, like we start to kind of isolate ourselves, you have these internal conflicts of like yeah. putting a face on something that you know isn't true. And then you're having to kind of protect that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like you create these like really deep internal issues, like when you're doing that. And so I, I think toxic is a perfect word. Yeah. That. Yes. And so often, you know, people people will look back at something, whether it was six months or five years or 20 years, they'll look back and they'll be like, oh man, you know, that move or that job loss or that divorce or that relationship. When I was going through it, I thought it was like the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And now I look back and I'm so glad it happened. Like, yes. you know, it kind of catapulted me to this next thing. And so kind of to that idea of when you were in it and you were miserable and, and all you could see was this awfulness, you, you experienced it that way. And then looking back, you're like, Oh, it, it wasn't really that at all. It was this catalyst of amazing 
change and growth. And it's like, oh man, what if when you were living it, yes, it would have hurt and been painful and it might not have been what you were chosen. <laughs> and you yes. can totally acknowledge that, but also be already looking for how is this a catalyst to the next thing? Yes. How am I going to grow through this? How can I use this for my own development? And not wait 20 years to kind of look back and be like, oh. <laughs> Yes, definitely. It's like people always say, uh, what hindsight is 2020. Yeah. It's like bringing that hindsight to the present and looking at the future with kind of more perspective. Um, yeah, 100%. That's such an interesting way of putting it. Yes. Oh, that's, I love that. So <laughs> I know personally that I am definitely someone who's guilty of experiencing things or even just like not even experiencing them, but like anticipating them yeah. <laughs> um, and like kind of already labeling or pre-labeling like, ah, that's bad. And then you, I just get into the spiral, right? Of like mm -hmm. negative thinking and like the whole thing kind of going downhill. <laughs> um, so what are some practical things that you've maybe done to move away from either getting into negative thinking or just kind of pretending because you feel like you should? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it is really hard in the moment to recognize <laughs> like that your thought patterns aren't serving you and that even to recognize that you're thinking negatively about something. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to this podcast uh, that is absolutely amazing. It's called um, The Life Coach School. And she had a podcast on negative thinking and negative people. And one of the things I was always really guilty of was saying, oh, that person's really negative. Like, I hate talking to them. They're so negative. And in this podcast, she kind of said, um, if you complain about negative people, you yourself are a negative person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so that really brought it into my awareness um, that I was thinking, like, quote unquote, negatively a lot. But again, if you don't have it pointed out to you in that way, it can be really difficult to, to self kind of manage and self <laughs> kind of pick out your patterns and, and flaws or whatever. So I think, um, I mean, definitely one thing you could do, which is what I'm doing now is I hired a coach. Um, so she is like a mirror and, and it reflects back these things to me. So I'm better able to pick them out. But obviously, that's not going to be an option for every single person that you might not have the time or money at this point in your life. So in the moment, I think some practical tips you could do is you can look for cues in your own thinking and your feelings. So one cue would be just when you have an emotion, just to identify it and, and you stop it from letting running wild, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling angry, anger is the cue. So instead of just feeling angry and acting on that anger, before you do anything, just name that emotion. Just say, I am feeling angry. And from there, I find that already makes a really big distinction between you being angry, that anger is yourself, you're, you are your emotions, you can't control them, to you feeling angry. And if you can make that separation, then you can start to explore, why am I feeling angry? What thoughts are causing this anger? Because that's the only thing that, that causes any emotion is your own thoughts, right? So that the, the cue is anger, it separates the emotion from yourself, you're able to then look at what stories you're telling yourself, right? So the, and the other thing is, 
listening to the language you talk to yourself in. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, often we speak to ourselves in kind of should or should not terms. Mm -hmm. So if you hear yourself in your head saying, I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that, that again can act as a cue for you. If you hear yourself saying should or shouldn't, it's, it's a, a story that you're telling yourself. So if you're saying mm -hmm. I should be working more, what story are you telling yourself about working more? And then again, you can go backwards and from there, change your thoughts. So it's just, it's just really the, the first thing is awareness, awareness of your emotions or your thoughts. And then the should and should not language is a very clear words to listen for. And then just anytime you feel an emotion that's really strong and feels like it's overpowering just to name it. Right. Yes. I love yeah, naming things. And I think giving yourself some freedom there to, to feel it and not just have to, again, go into like pretend mode mm. or like, ah, you know, but instead of just letting it overcome you and then sitting in it, I, I think there's that power in naming it. And then kind of, like you say, asking yourself, well, why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, like some of the strongest emotions and reactions that I've felt that like, maybe initially were triggered, you know, maybe I had an interaction with you and I was really bothered by it. And I feel all of this anger and it's easy for me to direct it to you. Mm. When the reality is the strength of that emotion is coming from other pains and hurts that I've had in life. Yeah. Yes. My experience with you is what kind of set that off inside of me. But if I really sat down with myself, like, why is it this big of a deal? Mm. Well, it's because of other things in my life that I haven't really dealt with or that I've kind of tried to pretend away or ignore and kind of just bury that are now coming up in response to, you know, our interaction or, or whatever, you know, it was. And I, I think that naming it and then being willing to explore it can really help you learn some, some things about yourself. Yeah, definitely. And like, I, <laughs> I worked with a girl who I found very irritating. <laughs> um, like I just didn't vibe with her at all. I thought she was very crass, very rude. I, I just, anytime I would speak to her, I would, I could feel myself stiffening up and starting to get like pissed off. Right. Cause I just yeah. didn't want to be around her. But as soon as I started naming that emotion and, and thinking about what stories I was telling myself, I realized I was telling the story that she was an unpleasant person to be around. And if you reframe it and, and think about it in terms of, okay, if this was a close friend acting like this, how would I, how would I react? It, you might think it's funny, right? So yeah. things that like really irritated me about her, like, I'll be honest, it's not like I'm ever going to be best friends with this woman, but it's, it helped me deal with my emotions a lot better to just reframe the way I thought about her. Instead of thinking of her as a person I didn't like, I thought of her as a person I did like. And then I started to like her. Like, it's crazy. Your thoughts have so much control over your emotions. Yes. Like, I, that is seriously one of the wildest things to me, how it is, like, you're influencing so much of your life that you don't even always recognize when you just kind of let your thoughts kind of do their own thing. <laughs> right, right. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the key is just being able to recognize them. And from there, you can start to make changes. But the first step is creating that, that recognition and understanding, okay, I'm, I'm creating this situation. I'm creating my feelings, not, not my external reality, right? That's almost irrelevant. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, sometimes I love that, and other times I'm like, oh, but it's so much easier. If, I know. If it's it is, always yeah. them or that or this other yeah. thing. <laughs> or even just to say, like, oh, I'm angry. I can't control that. I just feel angry. It's like, I, I love to, like, and it's okay, I think, to give into it for a little while as long as it's not the, the end all be all that eventually you're like, okay. This, this is kind of my thing. It's not anything else. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And so you kind of talked about using should or should not language, and which it kind of made me laugh. I have one of my clients had, had posted an infographic, and the quote was, don't should all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like it's so fitting um, because I think it's probably I loved it because it's something that I tend to do a little bit. and. Yeah. Oh, for myself, like someone that comes from having grown up in, in kind of a, a more conservative religious environment um, where there's lots of shoulds and should nots. Yes. You almost get this like constant kind of voice in your head of like, you know, this is what good Christians do. And I think in my mind also, this is what good daughters do. This is what good students yes. do. This is what good employees do. This is what good, like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. And if I'm not feeling that or I'm not doing it. Like I'm right there, this little voice in my mind, like, oh no, like this is what you should be doing. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think I attach a lot of like guilt and shame onto that. <laughs> um, so for you, when you kind of work through changing some of these thought patterns and when you recognize that maybe you kind of started down that slope of negative thoughts or, you know, kind of, well, you should, you should, you should all, all up in your mind. <laughs> mm. How do you kind of rein that back and address it without just kind of dumping extra guilt or shame or negativity into it? Mm. It's like, that's also a, such <laughs> a hard, a hard thing to do when you're in the middle of it. Right. Cause as soon as it is such a spiral and it builds on top of each other, as soon as you start saying I should, then the next thing is, well, I, I shouldn't be saying should, right? <laughs> yes, so yes. it's like, it, it just piles on top of each other. Um, so I think one thing, and th this is why I love your podcast so much, um, is to stop thinking of, and this is more of like a, a macro view, I guess, mm -hmm. of this, but to stop thinking of this sort of mindset, sh mindset shift as um, like positive thinking and negative thinking. Um, so I like the terms like law of attraction and manifestation slightly better. Mm. But I think still the focus there is really on bringing positive experiences in and repelling negative experience. So why I love your podcast and your name of your podcast <laughs> is because it's focused on the stories we tell ourselves. It's not necessarily focused on positive versus negative. Um, because that's essentially what it is. It's just stories that we tell ourselves and there are stories that serve us and there are stories that don't. So there's actually a, a financial like psychologist, blogger, coach, his name is Ramit Sethi and he calls them invisible scripts, which I think is also yeah. a really good name for them. And I just think it's, it's really better to start thinking of them in terms of stories that serve us and stories that don't, because that, that for me has a little bit less charge and a little bit less guilt about it. And then also just like from the outset, if you start looking at things in terms of a mindset of balance, so you're going to experience 
quote unquote negative things and you're going to experience quote unquote positive things in equal balance, right? Mm-hmm. Bad things are going to happen to you. Good things are going to happen to you. So when you're feeling those bad things, if you just accept that like half of your life is going to be that, I, I don't feel so guilty then when I feel sad. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. chasing this happiness constantly. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just accepting that there are good things and there are bad things. So if I'm, if I'm feeling bad, I'm feeling lazy, that's just half of my life. And I'm just <laughs> it's easier to be okay with that. And I think something I heard also that made a lot of sense was that you shouldn't even want to be happy or have those positive experiences all the time. Sometimes it's inappropriate to have positive experience. Like if someone you love dearly died, you probably want to feel sad and and grieve. You don't want to just stick a happy face on it, like I said, and feel positive. Right. So, so, so if you see those, those kind of things as there's a time and a place for them, and there's a way to use them that serve you in a way that you don't, then it takes away that, that feeling of, of guilt, I find a lot. Oh, that makes so much sense. And, and kind of jumping back a little to what you were saying about um, whether a story serves you or not, uh, that really resonates with me. And it makes me think of a relationship that I had had with a, a coworker, like, where it's just like, this person just drives me crazy. <laughs> like, I just, it's like, I feel a lot of stress and tension and anxiety around them, mm. around their presence, around what they contribute, around how I feel that they're perceiving me, mm. you know, it's kind of like that, that slippery slope. Um, and the story I told myself around that was just so filled with negativity and fears and frustrations and hurts from the past and projections for the future. Um, <laughs> there's just like a lot going on there. It, it was really, uh, really consuming this chunk of my mind and in my thoughts and my emotional energy. Um, and I started going to counseling and this was a relationship and, and a set of feelings that came up and it took me a while to be able to change it partly because it's like like I didn't want to like there was a part of Mm. that story that was like serving something for me Mm. you know where it's like yeah and it it wasn't just something where it could be like oh it would be easier to be like oh you know she probably has a hard life anyways and it doesn't matter to me (laughs) I there was I was very attached to that story and it mm. obviously did serve something in me because it was a story that I kept kind of repeating and repeating. And I wasn't able to kind of release that and reframe it as something different in my life until mm. I kind of got to the root of like, why is it so important for this story to take this amount of dominance and play out again and again and again? Mm. You know, and, and so I would maybe just kind of encourage people who might feel like, oh, like, I can't just reframe that big negative stories that have played out for oh, quite a while in your life or taking a lot of emotional energy are probably serving some purpose. Um, and, yeah. and something that my counselor kind of helped me work on is like recognizing, you know, the, the fact that that story had served a need in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to reach into that need and kind of close it or heal it or kind of assure mm-hmm. myself that it, it was okay to let this narrative go um, or to change the narrative. And I could still be safe and healthy and whole and and meet my needs in a much healthier way with a much more, um, not even positive per se, but just a different reframing of what that all meant in my life. 
Yeah, that's such like you nailed it so on the head. Like that, I think the purpose of a lot of these these kind of negative stories is that they protect us in some way, <laughs> right? So, like the in my coaching program, we talk a lot about your ego versus your high self. And if you're not into spirituality, that's totally fine. But you can think of it in a sense that like being where you are is sometimes feels safer than venturing out somewhere new, even if that somewhere new is like objectively better. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So that story is serving to keep you where you're at because that's where your brain thinks you're safe, right? So it's really hard to release that and go into something that everything in your body is telling you, this is different, this is unsafe, don't do it, go back to that other story. (laughs) We were fine there like stop so it's it is it definitely does serve a purpose but it does it serve your highest purpose probably Mm -hmm. not so yeah I think you're really right about like looking internally and healing those wounds so that you can release it and feel safe Mm -hmm. changing that story into something that's going to help you move forward in your life yes oh my gosh and speaking of kind of moving forward in our lives and and kind of those transition points or or maybe releasing some older things. Um, I know for both of us, our journey has involved the Laptop Freedom Program, uh, which was kind of an investment of time, of money, of just belief (laughs) in yourself. (laughs) Um, I would love to hear a little bit about maybe the sort of mindset shifts that you had to go through to be able to dedicate the time and the money to entering a program that that it wasn't always, you know, there wasn't a guaranteed return. You didn't know exactly how, what would come of it. Yeah, it was so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I thought I was the only one who was scared going into it. So terrified, I'm going to F this up. And, you know, I'm not going to make the most of it. And, you know, this was a huge investment of me. And I was like, Oh, thank God, I wasn't the only one. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really difficult. And like one thing I knew going into it was that I knew I had money blocks. Mm -hmm. So my dad was, and still is extremely frugal. Mm -hmm. Um, We like to call it frugalicious in our family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that was kind of celebrated like saving money, Mm -hmm. having lots of savings, not spending. And then on the other hand, my mom was, also very judgmental about the ways I spent my money. So if I spent it on anything that was for kind of more personal reasons, I always felt like her disapproval. So I, I knew that those, those kind of environmental factors um, did influence me. And I'd known this for a long time and knowing it, I, wasn't, I still wasn't able to release it. And I don't think I released the block before I went into the program. I was just able to identify and say, I know that this fear that I'm having is just a way of protecting myself and based on like my conditioning and the way I was raised. And so I could kind of separate the fear from the reality. Um, And actually my brother, he talked me out of doing the program because he gave me all these really good questions that were like, "Um, well, how long does it take to get clients and how many clients do you need to have? how many clients do most people have when they finish the program and Mm. all all these like really good questions that I couldn't answer. And so I let those feed my fear and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. Mm. 
but I, I, I'm lucky because I, I did snap out of it and I did the course. Um, but it just kind of does show how powerful those blocks were at the time. I was looking for any excuse mm-hmm. to, to rationalize that fear. But I was able to, I took another couple of weeks and I was able to separate that fear just for the 10 minutes I needed to make the deposit. Yes. <laughs> and take, take the leap. And um, yeah, it's only really recently that I'm starting to, to be able to shift those money beliefs. But sometimes I think you need to take action before you can, like, and then mentally catch up to it. Um, yes. <laughs> if, I, if I think I had, if I tried to get over my money blocks before investing, I would, I would die before I'd done that program. Hmm. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so true. And I think what you say about kind of finding out like, oh wow, there's, you know, 20, some of us in here. And I think every single person had a story of, Mm. you know, fear and doubt and insecurity and questioning and like, oh my gosh. So I just love that, that we all kind of made it through that. Like you say, whether we overcame it beforehand or whether it was like, you know what, I I, I think most of us, I was like, I'm just committing and I'm going to like sort it out as I go. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It bonded us all so quickly. It was amazing. Yes, I also would agree with that. And I think I remember one of the first exercises had to do with kind of figuring out, I think, kind of like your financial situation in terms of what do you need to make. And I remember, I think Jordan just posted like really honestly. Mm. And I think that kind of like opened the floodgates because when I saw the assignment, I was kind of like, um. Yeah, it was like, how in detail do I get here? And she like posted like, this is how much I make a month. These are my expenses. This is what I pay for this, this, this. And I was like, Oh, we're going there. Yes. And, yeah, and I think it was like really free. Like I was like, well, I'm so that I'm not the first person who posted because I would have totally yeah. skirted it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad she, she beat us all to the punch because I think it yeah. was, it was very opening. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I, that was obviously a coaching program, a community of women. And then you've mentioned that you've, since that program, you've kind of continued in somebody else's coaching program. Mm-hmm. Um, what role do you feel like community kind of plays in transformation? A, a huge part, because like I said, I had, I've really been into mindset and like, I've read all these books about it and have kind of like tried to incorporate it and I think one great thing about having a community is that they hold you accountable Mm. and they call you forward when you're not kind of living up to the expectations and goals you set for yourself um but also oh my god the support in that group was crazy so I like I, I talked about um Brooks her um her podcast and she has this thing called the model. So in it, you have a circumstance and from that th- circumstance, you have thoughts, which create your feelings, which create your reality. And in that program, what changed first for me was my feelings. Cause I started feeling like things were possible. Like I saw one of the girls in the program before us made $10,000 in a, like a single month. And that blew my freaking mind. And then anytime you'd set a goal for yourself, everyone would rally around you and be like, oh my God, you can do it. You're so amazing. I love you so much. We're all here for you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. And that made me start really feeling capable. And so I could start going out then and taking action with the the feeling of, yeah, I can do this. 
Um, I, I loved the, the part of the program that was like every week we had to recap our wins and set intentions yeah. and commit to like a self-care act, which seems like it's like almost irrelevant to being like a virtual assistant. But those things like focusing on things to be grateful for, um, focusing on taking care of yourself, they're calling mm. in more things to be grateful for. And oh my God, it was just truly the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I, I like want everyone I know to take that program regardless of whether they want to be a virtual assistant. <laughs> I'm like, it just changes what you think you can do. It like opens up yes. this whole new world for you. Yes, I felt the same way. It was just like, everybody, everybody sign up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Madeline, if you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, what would you want to say to them? Okay, so I'm definitely not an expert, but uh, the number one thing I think you can do today is just to start creating awareness around your thoughts and your feelings. Um, so like I said, I've been guilty and I know there's, um, obviously information out there on this kind of toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing is another term, um, where we try and like reap the rewards of positive thinking without really kind of first digging deep into those <laughs> old beliefs and like looking at what the hurt that caused them, what stories you've created around them, how it's like what we talked about. So definitely the first step is creating awareness. Um, and then the second thing I would say is also like just a simple small step you can take, which is um, start following people who like inspire you and who preach like positive things or good things on social media. Like I've, I've had so, so many aha moments just by listening to podcasts or seeing a certain Instagram story or a quote posted on Facebook, because it's putting you in that environment where you're, you're kind of holding a mirror up for yourself by putting these different people around you. And you, when you hear something or see something you've never seen or realized before, it's, it opens things up so much because it, like I said, it can be really hard to recognize your own beliefs because they're so ingrained in our psyche. Um, so just by kind of surrounding yourself with, with more of the things that you want to be and do so you can reflect more internally and create more awareness around that. Oh my goodness. That is amazing advice. Everyone can just turn off the podcast and go put that into action. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Madeline, if people want to connect with you in business or in life, how can they find you? Um, so probably the best way is my Instagram account. Um, it's at graphic content ahead because I put a lot of illustrations and art on there as well as some of my client work. And that has links to my websites, how to book a call if you're interested in working with me um, or if you're just interested in seeing some weird ass drawings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that drawings but weird ass drawings yes yeah <laughs> I took the pause there and people are gonna be like what the hell <laughs> yes, what does she draw well you're gonna have lots of people visiting your site now just to figure out what is yeah, going on with that <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much for joining us here today thanks so much for having me I love your podcast and I'm so excited to be on it Ooh, thank you so much 
Today's interview was so much fun and I am so glad that you got to listen in. I would love to hear any thoughts that you have. You can comment if you're on the site, shoot me an email, hannah at rorschachyourreality.com or find me on social media at rorschachyourreality. Rorschach is R-O-R-S-C-H-A-C-H, just like the inkbot test. Thank you so much for listening in.